All right, welcome to Blackhawk Church. My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors on the teaching team here uh, at Blackhawk Church. Welcome to all of you who are in the room with me here at our Brader Way location. Welcome to those of you who are watching maybe at Blackhawk Fitchburg or your downtown or maybe you're one of the other venues here at the Brader Way uh, location. Welcome to you. To our Mandarin-speaking uh, folks, Dijong uh, Zimei Ping An, to our Spanish-speaking people, Bienvenidos at Blackhawk. Last time I spoke, I told you guys that I was going to take a, a long uh, road trip, and uh, we took, uh, my wife and I took the road trip. We went to Sequoia National Park uh, out in California, and if you've never been there, you should really go. It's like a really should be on everybody's bucket list. I just love Sequoia National Park. Took a picture of my uh, wife uh, next to one of the trees, and here she is right here. This is my wife. She's that little blue dot down there at the bottom of that tree next to that rock. This is my wife's idea of a good photo of herself right there. Because <laughs> she hates it. You guys know what I'm talking about? You know, I pull the camera out. And she's like, no, 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 don't do that. But when she's next to it, and then she goes, okay, you can take that picture. Okay, that's great. Especially showing the picture uh, to you guys. Most of the time when we tell people that we went to Sequoia, uh, people go, whoa, whoa, like, did you fly or drive? So the reason people uh, say that is because um, most people that we talk to have some geographical sense of distance uh, on the United States. So they know that, you know, California is not right next to Wisconsin. That geographical sense of distance uh, disappears when we open the pages of the Bible. Because when we read about these place names in the Bible, most of us don't have a sense of like where these places actually are and how close or far away they are to each other. The last six weeks, we have been looking at this letter that Paul wrote to people who lived in this place called Philippi. Now, Paul is in a jail in Rome and he's writing to people who live in Philippi. Now, back in that day, everybody would go, whoa. Like, how do you get the letter there? Because Philippi is not close to Rome. It's, uh, if you go by land, it's 800 miles. That would be like, hey, everybody get up and walk to Atlanta from here. So it takes a while to get a letter from Rome to Philippi. So because I know that most of us don't have a sense of like the chronology of the New Testament and the distance involved, I thought I'd start out with a little map and a little chronological timetable to kind of give you an idea of when Paul actually wrote this letter to the Philippians. So um, most scholars believe that Jesus died and rose again in 33 uh, AD. And then uh, after that, um, a number of years went by and uh, the church ended up becoming centered in Antioch. And then the Apostle Paul uh, left Antioch on one missionary journey to like southern, what we call Turkey, and then came back. Then he took another journey through the middle of what we call Turkey. He hit Philippi and Corinth and other places, and he comes back to Antioch. And then his third missionary journey, uh, he, he does this to raise money for people in Jerusalem. He stays in Ephesus for like two years. He writes to the church uh, in, in Corinth, that's what we call 1 Corinthians. 
And then he travels, this would be his second time to Philippi. He travels up to, to Philippi. And then when from Philippi, he writes his second letter, what we call uh, 2 Corinthians. And then he travels uh, from Philippi down uh, to Corinth. And then he stays in Corinth for a while. And that's when we think he wrote uh, the letter to the people in Rome called Romans. And then Paul leaves Corinth, goes back again to Philippi. This is one of his favorite places. And then he goes back through Ephesus and back to Jerusalem. And then um, he makes some people upset and he gets arrested. And then he spends two years in a jail in Caesarea. And then uh, he appeals to Caesar. And so he's got to go to Rome for that. So they put him on a boat. He gets on a boat. And then storm happens and he gets shipwrecked and he lands on the Isle of Malta. And then the Roman soldiers rebuild a boat. That takes a while. And then they travel and they eventually get him to Rome where he's waiting to see Caesar and he's in a Roman jail. From there, he writes four different letters. They're called the prison epistles. And the letter to the Philippians is one of these prison epistles, probably his last epistle. There's probably about 10 to 12 years that separate Paul's first time in Philippi to when he actually writes uh, the letter. How you guys doing? Did you like the map? Is it helpful a little bit? Yeah, you can shake your head like that. It's okay, it's okay. So um, I think that's a, that's a good background. So let's go ahead, take your Bibles now and turn to the, you know what, let's not do that. You know, let's not do that. Um, you know, instead of you guys taking your device and going to Philippians right now, you know, let's do something different here. Let's do a little, little skit. You guys okay with a skit? So it doesn't matter. We're going to do one anyway. <laughs> so I need some, uh, I need people. So this is a nine o'clock service. So if someone uh, kind of tapped you on the shoulder and said, would you mind volunteering to be a part of this skit? I need you guys to come up here uh, right now. So the people who are already tapped, come on up here on the platform. Come on up. Yes, yes, yes. Come on up and turn and face the lights. Don't worry, only a couple thousand people are watching right now. That's good. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right, let's hear it for the volunteers right here. There's a lot of people. Okay, don't stand too far. You got to stand together. You guys are supposed to like each other. Get closer, closer. Okay. All right, I'm going to need some volunteers. Just a second. Have we worked this out? No. No, no. Are you guys ready for this? Yes. All right. I need some volunteers. I need somebody to volunteer to be Paul. Who wants to be Paul? Raise your hand, Paul. Paul. Okay, Paul, I need somebody to be Timothy. What's to be Timothy? Timothy. All right. Paul and Timothy, I need you guys to come over here. And uh, this is jail. So, Paul, I need you to sit there in jail. And then, Timothy, you're not in jail, but you can visit him whenever you want. Now, Paul is in jail in what city? Listen, when I do this, you can participate. Paul's in jail in what city? Okay, and these people are all part of what church? Yeah, there you go. So you guys are part of the Philippian church. So I need somebody to hold this sign up right here that says to Philippi. Philippi. Okay, guys, okay, okay, all right. So you guys, you guys, are you guys okay? Yeah, okay, all right. So uh, you guys hear that Paul 
this is your friend, you hear that he's in jail. So this like really bothers you and you want to help him. So you decide the best way to help him would be to like send gifts to him and you need some people to like be the people who take the gift there. This is like 800 mile walk, okay? So uh, somebody named Epaphroditus volunteers. Who wants to be Epaphroditus? Okay, all right. Epaphroditus, and, and that's actually Greek for handsome guy. So that's what that means. So you guys send Epaphroditus to Paul in Rome with a bunch of stuff. So there's some suitcases back there. So grab those suitcases. So two of you need to walk with him. Who, who, come on, give some, ladies, come on, come on, volunteer. All right, all right. Give another lady the suitcase, right. All right, so you guys go. Now you guys go all the way. I'm the Mediterranean Sea. You guys go all the way around here. And you, yeah, go on the other side of Timothy there. That's good. And so as soon as they get there with the gifts... Don't, don't push them off the platform, okay? <laughs> you guys get there with the gifts. How would you respond if you got a bunch of gifts? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay, all right, all right. That's good, okay. So they're really happy, but something happens on the trip. And we don't exactly know how this happened, but Epaphroditus got really sick. So Epaphroditus, I need you to like act really sick. Don't throw up on the sign. Okay, be, okay, sick, sick, sick. Just continue to be sick. So Paul wants to tell the people in Philippi that he's almost like dying and stuff like that. So he sends these two people that came with him back to Philippi. But leave the gifts, leave the gifts. So you guys go back, that's good. And they travel 800 miles back and they tell the church in Philippi that Epaphroditus almost died. And so how would you guys respond to that? Oh, oh, oh. That's good, good, good. Oh, oh. Act, you guys. Act. Oh. <laughs> and then that, that would cause you guys to, you're Christians. So what would you do if you know he's dying? What would you do? Pray, pray. So just pray like this. Okay, all right. So something because of their prayers, or we don't know, Epaphroditus gets better, get better. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Paul, he wants to let these people know that the guy from their church got better. So Paul writes a letter to the Philippians, gives it to Epaphroditus. That's good. You're doing a good job. And then he takes the letter. Now you go back there. Okay, stop for a second. What is this letter, you guys? It's the letter you have in your, in your laps right now. This is the letter to the Philippians. So you go all the way back. Now when you guys see that, you guys thought this guy was dead. So you guys go, hey, party, come party, party. Do you guys want a party? Like, awesome, awesome. All right, party, party, party. So they are super... They honor him, and they're so excited to see him. So that makes him happy, makes Paul happy. And Paul says in his letter, hey, when I know that things are going to get better for me, I'm also going to send Timothy to you guys. So Timothy, you take off and go. And when Timothy gets there, you guys do what? Yeah, awesome. All right. That's the end of the skit, you guys. Let's hear it for everybody up here. Awesome. Give me signs. Awesome.
so, so awesome. Yeah. That was cool. Yes. Awesome. Hey, it's actually about humility. That's what this is about. Uh, so, that was cool. I had to say, hey, party. They don't know how to party. All right. Okay. I think we're ready uh, now to turn uh, to the book of Philippians. Take your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. All right. We'll start reading in verse uh, 19. I think that'll make sense to you guys as we read it now. What Paul's going to do now is he is giving an illustration to the people in Philippi uh, what humility is actually all about. He's going to write about two people, Timothy first, who he sins second, and then he'll talk about Epaphroditus, who he sends back first. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things are going with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. So, you know, uh, here at Blackhawk Church, we always use this uh, phrase that I borrowed years ago from John uh, Walton, who teaches at Wheaton. Uh, the Bible's not written uh, to us. It's written for us. This is a perfect illustration of that. There's not one thing in this uh, paragraph that's directly uh, to Blackhawk Church, <laughs> or to any other church for that matter. This is written to people in Philippi uh, about Timothy and then about Epaphroditus. And so um, you kind of, people know that kind of thing, and they're kind of looking, read the Philippians, and they're going to go, this is just about his travel diary, really. I don't know what, you know, let's, let's move on and get to the good stuff. That would be a mistake. Because what Paul is doing in this letter is he's actually illustrating the kind of people Christ followers should be. And the kind of people that Christ followers should be is humble. So when you say Christ follower, evangelical, Christian, people go, oh, humble. Those are the, hum those are the humble people. That's, and you're going to illustrate that with these two guys. So a couple of weeks ago, we uh, read uh, this verse from uh, Philippians 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And, you know, I can think of somebody who's like that, and that is Timothy. I mean, this guy is so humble, and he's always putting the concerns of other people above his own. So who's Timothy? So Timothy uh, was uh, Paul's road trip uh, guy, true son uh, in the faith. He's a co-writer of Philippians, 2 Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians, and Philemon. And he's also the recipient of two letters that you have uh, in your uh, Bible, and that's First and Second uh, Timothy. And Timothy was somebody who, well, let's look back at the passage again, who has... Uh, 
I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. Let me ask you a question. Do you know people like that? Do you know people who like, when they say, how are you doing? They really mean it. It's not just a a greeting, but they go, no, no. How are you really doing? They have a genuine concern. How many of you know someone like that? Show fans. Show show fans. Awesome. You should tell them that. That's kind of the point of this message. We should have eyes to see people who put the needs of others ahead of their own. We should be humble. We shouldn't just be thinking about ourselves all the time. If you know someone who like, yeah, you're like the real deal. You put other people ahead of your own needs. You should tell them. Text them. Send them a note. Let me ask you a question. You think they'd appreciate that? Yes or no? Yeah. Hey, listen, you guys, life is difficult and at times it's overwhelming. We all need to be encouraged. So you know somebody who puts the needs of other people ahead of their own? Just text them. And if they're actually a Blackhawker, then you can just use code word, hey, you're a Timothy. (laughs) And I notice that, and I appreciate you. All right, let's go to Epaphroditus. That's verse 25. But I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. That was was the suitcases. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Now, how would they hear that? Well, he must have had some traveling companions that went back. We don't know if it's two or three or 20. Somebody went back and told him. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. What does Paul say about Epaphroditus? He's not just a brother. He's like he's my brother. Paul is close to the Philippians. He had a deep affection for these people. He'd been there several times. He loved these people, and they loved him. This is like my brother. It's my coworker, fellow soldier. Paul often used military language to talk about uh, believers who were like in the cause. He puts the other people before him all uh, the time. Now, what else does he say about, about this? Verse 28. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad, that's the party, and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. This is a command he's telling them in that little letter. Hey, when he gets there, you honor him, honor him, celebrate him. May almost die. And he did this because he wants to see the work of the gospel go on. So honor people like that. That brings another question. 
Who do we honor? Who do we honor as a culture in America? Who, who, who? Have you ever heard of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? <laughs> I mean, like, is anybody kind of getting sick of these, you know, like, what, are they a couple now? I mean, who really cares? You know, that kind of thing. So, like, you know, we honor, that's who we honor. We honor celebrities. We honor athletes. We honor YouTubers. Those are the kind of people uh, that we honor. And I'm not, like, poo-pooing the whole thing. You know, that's okay. I mean, I stand up here from time to time to talk about Cubs and stuff like that. There's something about, uh, you know, athletics and movies and stuff like that. It kind of gives us a sense of community. Heck, just a couple weeks ago, I went to the LeBron Arena uh, at UW and honored uh, the UW women's hockey program because they hoisted an, the banner for their seventh NCAA championship. So like, like, wow, that's like awesome. So yeah, that's okay, I honor them. I hope they win seven more or 10 more, you know, that's fantastic. But as Christ followers, okay, that's okay. But we should take it up a notch. Why? Because we're supposed to be humble people. And humble people see things that other people don't see. Do you hear that? Humble people, they're looking, they're looking. And they're seeing people who other people don't even notice. And they honor those, they honor those people. At Blackhawk Church, we have a bunch of Epaphroditus people. And in order to talk about who those uh, people are, uh, I've asked our director of Impact Ministry, Susan DeMell, to join me on the platform. Susan, you want to come up here? Awesome. Cheer for Susan. All right, Susan. Hey, first of all, Susan is normally on Sundays, you're on the online host. Yep. On, today, you're not. So <laughs> online people, Susan DeMell, awesome. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So Susan, who are some Epaphroditus people at Black Rock? Yeah, so we have uh, who we call global and national servants. And so we have about 20 or so, uh, 20 plus of those folks who are serving all over the place. We'll talk about that in a second. Doing a lot of different things. Lots of different types of ministries from outreach to discipleship making to pouring into youth to campus ministry to just, you name it, they've got it. <laughs> awesome. So global yeah. and national service. Global and so where are our global servants at? So we have a map uh, that'll come up here. This is uh, approximate location of, uh, the, of, of the servants. Specifically, the global servants are approximate. So uh, why is it approximate, not like where they actually serve? Uh, because we are trying to be wise and safe in an unsafe world. And we're not naive, and we know this is on the internet, and lots yeah. of people watch these. You guys following us? So uh, sometimes we don't give you the whole, their whole names or specifically where they're located, and that's because Susan and their team are doing their job. We're trying to actually protect people. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, who are our global servants? Yeah, so we have a photo collage that's gonna show up. Look at all those lovely people. There's a couple people missing, again, because of uh, safety reasons that we're not even showing their photo, but, but these all you can see. And the one in the middle, smack in the middle, the, the uh, guy and gal and the two cute little boys, we're, we actually have a, a video that they made for us specifically. Or today, so let's watch that. Hello, Blackhawk. We are Rizvan and Alyssa Savu, and we serve the Lord in Craiova, Romania. I was born and raised in Romania. And after God saved me in high school, I started getting involved in ministry. 
And I grew up in Kansas, where God slowly led me to become a missionary in Romania starting in 2011. A few years later, I met Rizvan. We got married and continued to serve the Lord for several years before he led us back to the States. While we were serving in Kansas, working with high school and college students, God began to impress upon our hearts the need and the desire to move to Romania because the workers here are few, and there's very few Christians. There's actually 0.3% Christ followers in Cryova where we live. So now we're here serving and seeking to make disciples of youth, college students, and young adults. Thank you for your generosity, your encouragement, your love, and your willingness to be part of what God is doing here in Cryova, in us and through us. Hey, all sides and venues, let's hear it for those folks right there, yeah. Hey, you know what? They can't hear that. So why don't we make a little selfie video, like right now, to send to them. Is that a good idea? So I know uh, we have uh, people that are online right now and different sites and stuff like that. So those of you who are not in this specific room, uh, your host will give you instructions just a minute about a video that you're going to make in your rooms. But we're going to make this video right now here to uh, this couple. So here we go. Razvan and Alyssa, thank you so much. And uh, we just love you guys uh, so much. Let me stop this right now. I forgot to tell you guys what to say. <laughs> so I'm going to point to you. And when I point to you, I want you to say, thank you. We love you. All right, that's your part. <laughs> I didn't do a good job on my part, so this is your part. So I'm going to point to you and say, thank you. We love you. Just try it. Thank you. Do it again. Thank you. All right. Let's try this again. <laughs> Alyssa, Rosvan, hey, greetings from Blackhawk Church. Thanks for the message that you sent to us. We have a message for you. Here it is. Thank you. We love you. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Hey, we love you guys. Thanks so much for being Woo! there. Awesome. Awesome. Naturally, that would happen during the online. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> at any rate, hey, uh, good job. So we have lots of global servants. And if you're at one of the other sites or venues, uh, we're going to make enough of these selfies for all of our global servants uh, to get one uh, today. Yep. So we also have national servants. Just tell us about those folks. Yeah. So um, actually, there's the list of their names. Um, some of, of these folks actually go to Blackhawk and might be in a venue this very minute. Yes, awesome. So uh, we have lots of uh, venues and sites. So if you're a national servant, your name is up there, please stand so that we can, whatever side or venue you're at, please stand so we can recognize you. Anybody in the room right here? They may be in other rooms. Let's hear it for them right now. Awesome. Okay, that's good. Okay. So um, obviously this is kind of a special thing. We're doing video and clapping and stuff like that. But what are things that people can regularly do to show that we appreciate these different Epaphroditus people? Okay, great. It's a great question. Three things, three specific things. One is giving to the general fund. If you do that, you actually are a part of what we're already doing, supporting financially these folks. So that's really cool. And if you aren't yet, join in, 
um, a portion of what you give goes to supporting uh, all these people that we're talking about and these great ministries that is just way too, um, will take way too long to explain, but you can read about on your own. Uh, number two, you can encourage, specifically connect and encourage them. And how you do that is you sign up for what we call our Global and National Servant Encouragement Team. It's a very long name. Um, but what happens when you sign up is we will connect you one-on-one -on -one with one of these Global and National Servants where you can, on a regular basis, get to know them and encourage them. Third thing, pray. We can all do that. Prayer is very important. So one of the things that you can do with that is you click on our impact prayer list on the website and we'll send you regular updates about those prayer requests. So, so how do they find that on our website? Uh, I think we got a QR code coming up. Yeah, there you yep. go. So if it's you guys taking up. this seriously, you pull out your phones right now and take a photo of that uh, QR code and that will go right to the impact page and uh, you can go ahead and uh, directly encourage uh, many of these global and national servants who serve uh, in a sacrificial way uh, all uh, the time. So these people come here to Blackhawk from time to time, right? Yeah, sometimes uh, some of the global servants will, will stop by, you know, when they're in the States, and they'll come and we'll try to set up a time for them to actually share some of their stories, for you to meet with them, that kind of thing. And it's really cool. You know, uh, that just happened in early September, and normally it happens here at the Brader Way site, right? So people have to come to this yeah. site. But um, Susan and her team, they advertised that the global servant is going to be uh, in uh, the room. And um, in se early September, um, two friends of mine, uh, Molly and Jim, they're unbelievably great uh, people, actually visited them several years ago. They live uh, in a place that's in the news every day now. They live in an extremely dangerous place. You guys understand what I'm saying? Very dangerous. They're in danger. And uh, when they came, they shared about their ministry and things like that. And you know what? There was only a handful of people in the room. That's just sad. So when you see, advertise that a global servant is coming here, they're like big deal people. And you should like change your schedule and show up in one of those rooms. Because what happens is that you're, you get your mind off of Madison really quickly. <laughs> and you get your mind on the world and you start to understand what's going on in the world from people who are sacrificially, they're sacrificing their, their lives uh, for the sake of the gospel. And they are really great people. So let's hear it for Susan and her team who connect us to those folks. Awesome. Hey, the point of today's talk is that we should be the kind of people who are humble, we're humble people. We practice humility. We put the needs of other people ahead of our own needs. Here's this verse again from Philippians 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of other people. Two illustrations of that in the uh, letter to the Philippians was Timothy and Epaphroditus. We should be people, you guys, who have the eyes to see those people. Everybody knows who Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are, right? Okay, fine. We should have the eyes to see people who are behind the scenes, 
who are serving and doing things that nobody else calls attention to. We should see them. We should have the eyes to see them. We should be humble enough to do that. So it might be someone who was instrumental in uh, helping you uh, come to faith in Christ. Maybe it was a grandparent. Maybe it was a parent, a friend. Maybe it was a mentor, a coach. You guys, life is difficult and time is overwhelming. Send them a note. Send them a text. Send them an email. Somebody who has helped you, have gone out of the way to help you in your walk with Christ. Send them a text. Send them a note. Be the kind of people who is like Paul, has the eyes to see people who are serving. Everybody in the world is going to pay attention to the celebrities. Christ followers, we should be different. We should look to those people who are behind the scenes and they're sacrificing for the sake of the gospel. Paul wrote a prayer in the very uh, first part of the letter, and it's a prayer that we're actually trying to get you guys to memorize. And really, what he's doing in this part of the letter is actually kind of fulfilling what he's saying in this prayer. And this prayer will be the way I close the sermon here. This is my prayer for you. But your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight so that you might be able to discern what is best may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ to the glory and the praise of God. And all God's people said, amen.